0: This sermon is titled Psalm 22. Be enriched as you listen. Today, we're going to spend our time in God's Word in Psalm 22. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalm 22. And then for Easter Sunday, we'll read a few more Psalms. And it is amazing to be able to Look into the Psalms and see what the Psalmist and specifically the Psalmist David spoke about the death, the crucifixion, and even the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now keep in mind, David lived approximately 1000 years before Jesus, but he foretold, and he was called a prophet. He, of course, was a king, he was a psalmist, but he was also a prophet. And he foretold the cross and the resurrection and the exaltation of Jesus Christ. And so I thought, you know, this year, well, will just look at the cross from the psalms and look at the resurrection from the Psalms. so today we're going to spend our time in Psalm 22 are you all okay with that It's not much of a choice but <laughs> <laughs> all right let's read let's read uh, we'll read the whole psalm the entire psalm Psalm 22 please follow with me in your Bibles Psalm 22 a psalm of David My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and I'm not silent, but you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you, they trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shout out the lip. They shake their head, saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth, from my mother's womb, you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me, strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, all my bones are out of joint, my heart is like a wax, it has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me, the congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my Precious life from the power of the dog, save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild ox, oxen. you have answered me. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him. And fear him, all your offspring of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard, My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him. Even he who cannot keep himself alive. A posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. 2,000 years ago, with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, into this earth, what really happened was the eternal God became man. Deity put on humanity, but he didn't come with all of the powers of the deity because humanity cannot contain that. He laid aside his powers of deity. And he wrapped himself in humanity, and he walked the earth as a man. He was born as a Jew, and as a Jew, he was taught the scriptures, which in our understanding for us, we call it the Old Testament. So here is Jesus. It's hard for our minds to grasp or even to explain how omnipotence could walk in such frailty or how omnipresence could accommodate and adjust to being present one place at a time. It's just hard to explain, it's hard for us to grasp, but that's what happened in the incarnation when God became a man. And what is very interesting is that this Jesus, the Creator, went through a process of growth and development. The all-knowing Creator went through a process of learning and understanding. That's why the Bible says, talking about Jesus, and he grew in stature and in wisdom and in favor with God and man. He grew. The Creator subject himself to a process of growth, learning, and development. And like we said, part of that learning was to learn the Old Testament scriptures. And soon, this Jesus understood that everything in the Old Testament Scriptures, everything that spoke about him. And so when he began his ministry, and you will find time and time again in the Gospels, the Gospel writer or the Lord Jesus himself saying, this day, this Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, his whole life was a fulfillment of what had been foretold, what had been spoken by the prophets. That means Jesus knew what had been foretold. When he was betrayed, when he was washing the feet of his disciples and he knew the time had come for Judas to betray him, he he said, the time he knew the time had come for the scripture to be fulfilled. When he was praying the high priestly prayer, he knew the time had come for the scripture written about him was being fulfilled. So every step of the way. Now this Psalm, Psalm 22, is a psalm of David. And, of course, it's an expression of something he went through personally. And yet, it is a prophetic word. It's not only a personal experience, but it's a prophetic expression. It is true that David himself went through situations in life And inspired by the Holy Spirit, he was writing certain things. But at the same time, the Bible tells us, and this is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, that the Holy Spirit was in the prophets, signifying in them of the sufferings of Christ. And things that they foretold, things that they wrote, which they themselves didn't necessarily understand. But they recognized that they were speaking of things to come. And so while David was writing this psalm, through him the Holy Spirit was speaking about the death of Christ. And David didn't necessarily understand everything. The prophets didn't understand necessarily everything that they were saying or writing or speaking. And so, we can only imagine, and rightly so, that as Jesus was going through every step of that agonizing evening, the day before his crucifixion, in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he would have recounted all these scriptures that spoke about him concerning his death, concerning what was about to happen to him on the cross. And so that fateful evening when Judas came and betrayed him with a kiss in the garden of Gethsemane and the Roman soldiers arrested him, took him first to the high priest, and he was held that entire night in the courtyard of the high priest. And they mocked him. They railed at him. They accused him. They did all they could do. So you can just imagine that night. No sleep. Being mocked. Being whipped and doing all kinds of things. And early next morning, they brought him before Pilate, accusing him railing at him. Pilate sent him briefly to Herod. And Herod mocked him some more and sent him back. And then Pilate delivered him over to the hands of the Jews and the Roman soldiers to have him crucified. And they took him out of the city to a place called Golgotha. They nailed him to the cross. And throughout this time, Jesus is reflecting, meditating on all the scriptures, telling him these are the things that have to be fulfilled. And so on the cross, we can rightly imagine that his mind raced to Psalm 22. Because in this psalm, the prophet had foretold these other things that will happen to you. And so I want us to look at Psalm 22, not in a sequential, verse-by-verse manner. I want to just highlight seven things that Jesus would have experienced, encountered, and expressed on the cross. And I'll do this very quickly. Don't think, wow, seven-point message. I know there used to be those five-hour services. I've gone through some of them. First one, we see a sense of abandonment. Verses 1 and 2, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These were the very words that Jesus spoke from the cross. And the gospel writers record that. There's this sense of abandonment that God was so far from him. Approximately 9 a.m. on that crucifixion morning, crucifixion day or the day of crucifixion, Jesus was nailed to the cross approximately. Daylight. 12 o'clock in the afternoon, the sun became dark. Something very unusual happened that day. And for three hours, from 12 to 3, there was darkness in the land. And at 3 o'clock, Approximately the same time when all the Passover lambs were being killed in various places The Son of God died on the cross Verse 2 the psalmist said My God I cry in the daytime 9 a.m. to 12 noon, but you do not hear And in the night season, 12 noon to 3 p.m., there was darkness and I'm not silent. And Jesus is looking at this psalm and he recounts the same words. He speaks those same words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In today's message, not only do we want to look at the cross, but I also want, to look, I want us to personalize Psalm 22. Psalm 22 was a personal experience for David, and it could be an experience that some of us might be going through. Is there anybody here? Is there anybody watching online that you feel? I've been crying out to God in the day. I've been crying out to God at night, but God seems so far away from me. My God, have you forsaken me? And Jesus has been there. Jesus has been there where you probably are or you feel like you are there today. The next thing we see in the psalm is that he was ridiculed by scoffers and mockers. Psalm 22 verses 6 through 8. He says, I'm a worm and no man. He had been so dehumanized that night, throughout that night, and in the early hours of that morning, I he feels like I'm a worm, not a man. I'm reproached and despised. People ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head. And they say he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him. Since he delights in him. Psalm 22 verse 8. As Jesus is recounting those words, he's actually hearing the same things coming from the mouths of the people around him. The Gospel writer records in Matthew 27, you know what they said in verse 42, it says the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, they mock him. He saved others himself, he cannot save. Verse 43, he trusted in God, let him deliver him now if he will save him, because he said, I am the son of God. Thousand years ago, 1,000 years ago, David said, a thousand years later on the cross, Jesus is hearing those exact words coming from the mouths of these mockers and scoffers that night and that morning. Have you faced that in your life? Have you faced people who mock your trust in God, who scorn the fact that you are a believer in Jesus Christ, Maybe some of you, before you came here, people laughed at you. What are you doing? Good Friday. Where are you going? Church. You still believe in that story? Jesus has been there. He was mocked, scorned at because of his trust in God. Today, you and I, may face the same thing. The third thing we see is He was crucified by vicious and violent opponents. This is Psalm 22 verses 12 to 18. The psalmist described the people like bulls. Verse 12, Psalm 22, verse 12. Many bulls have surrounded me, strong bulls of Bashan. Bashan was the area where these bulls would graze. And strong bulls, they, uh, you know, just he's imagining that these people are like those bulls with his horns, tearing him apart, tearing his flesh apart. Like a... Raging, roaring, lion! It's like his life has been poured out. He's been whipped that night and and his bones have been exposed. My bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. Verse 16 of Psalm 22. As Jesus goes through this psalm, because he knows this psalm, he's saying, they pierced my hand hands and my feet. It's happening to him, just as the psalmist said. And then, right as he looks down from the cross, he's seeing the soldiers rip apart his outer garment. And then his, for his tunic, they say, this is too good. Let one man get, get it, and they cast lots on who's going to have the tunic. And Jesus, in his mind, is looking at Psalm 22. They divided my garments. Verse 18, they divided my garments. They divided my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. And in his mind, he's saying, this moment, this scripture has been fulfilled. And not only that, he's been so marred, so bruised, so ripped apart that his bones are visible. Verse 17 of Psalm 22, I can count on my bones. They look and stare at me. The gospel writers record how those who knew him stood afar and can just imagine they were looking at the cross, they were looking at this Jesus with shock, wondering how could this one, the very one who preached good news, the very one who healed the sick, the very one who delivered us from those demonic powers, why is he enduring or going through all this? Isaiah foretold, and it's quite possible that Jesus must have recounted the words of Isaiah in Isaiah 52, 14, where he said, My, uh, they, they, they were astonished at you. Your appearance was so marred more than any man and more than the sons of men. He is despised and he's rejected by men. And we did not esteem him. thing in his mind, this scripture has been fulfilled. And yet, while Jesus is going through all this, we know, as he's looking down at these soldiers, as he's looking at all these people who have mocked him and done all this to him from that cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. So you can imagine his mind is thinking about all these scriptures. The scriptures are being fulfilled. And yet he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. I want you to understand the heart of God. That God desires to forgive us. And even if we don't understand, and many times we don't, we don't understand how our words and our actions are painting his heart. We don't understand how the way we live today has so deeply troubled him. We don't understand all those things. Sometimes it's even hard to explain. But God looks at you and he looks at me and says, I want to forgive you. I want you in that place of relationship with me. Even though everything you're doing is tearing me apart. Are you understanding? And that was what Jesus was doing on the cross. For him to say, Father, forgive them. And that's what he will do for you and me today. Father, forgive. John and Mary and Andrew and Peter and murli and ram and <laughs> whatever whatever your name is doesn't matter i just picked at some random names father forgive they don't know what they're doing and yet he was going through so much agony like his body was torn and ripped apart and on that cross john records in john 19:28 he says after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. That means on the cross, he knew the scriptures are being fulfilled. Everything that's happening to me, the scriptures are being fulfilled. But yet, it was so agonizing. You hear him say, I thirst. I thirst." He's been on the cross now for close to six hours, and he's saying, I thirst, meaning the physical pain, the agony, whatever he's going through is so real. Just wants a little touch of water to quench his thirst. But he's also getting ready. To make his one final shout of victory. Perhaps he says, just give me that little water because I'm going to proclaim victory before this is over. The next thing we see in this psalm, number four, I'll move quickly, is reliance on God. The psalmist, Psalm 22, verse nine, verses 9 through 11, verses 19, 24, he Talks about how right from the time he was born, he was in the hands of God. God took him out of his mother's womb. And from the mother's womb, you've been my God. He talks about his reliance on God. He says, Lord, you are my strength. Verse 19. And when I cried to him, he heard me. I'm crying out to you, God, relying on God. It was true of David, but could not have been more true than in the life of Jesus Christ. That from the time he was born, he walked in complete surrender, submission to the Father. And on the cross, he was completely dependent on the Father. He said, Father, I know you'll hear me. And he knew that from the time of his birth, he was in the hands of the Father. But it's interesting that at that moment on the cross, Jesus also pays attention to the physical needs of his earthly mother. And John records this in John 19. He looks at his uh, mother and and and, and John, who was standing next to her, and he says, "Woman, behold your son." And he and 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 he looks at John and he says, "Behold your mother." Take care of each other. Number five, in the Psalm we see a declaration of God's deliverance. Psalm twenty-two, verses four and five, verses twenty and twenty-one. Our fathers trusted in you; they trusted, and you delivered them. Verse 5, they trusted in you and were not ashamed. Verse 21, you have answered me. As Jesus is going through this psalm in his mind, there is a declaration. They trusted in you, you delivered them. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. You have answered me. Lord, I know there is deliverance coming. I know there is deliverance coming. And it was because of that when the thief turned to him and said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. Hey, we're taking the route to deliverance. Today you will be with me in paradise paradise it doesn't end here this is not the end game this is not the final shot it doesn't stop here this paradise of waiting and beyond so there is the truth that you have answered me and that's the word of encouragement you and I can take from this psalm that While we're going through all of this in life, those who trust in God, he will answer. Those who trust in him will never be put to shame. And you and I will say, God, you have answered me. Amen? Number six, we see praise in the midst of all of this. So this psalm has praise in it. It begins with, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But it's not a psalm filled with depression. With thoughts that are hopeless. No, it's a psalm that's filled with praise. Verse 2, But you are holy. You are enthroned on the praises of Israel. It's very, it's almost opposite. God, you've forsaken me, but you're still holy. And you're still worthy to be praised. Or you're seemingly forsaken me, but you're still holy. And you're still worthy to be praised. And what is so amazing, that in this psalm, verse 22, The psalmist says, I will declare your name to my brethren. And you can imagine Jesus recounting this psalm and assuring himself, I am going to be declaring my father's name to my brethren. This is not the end of the story. And in the midst of the assembly, I will sing your praise. And the writer of Hebrews quotes that saying, Today, Jesus is singing praise in the midst of the assembly, in the congregation of God's people. And he says that twice. That's in verse 22 of Psalm 22. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. Once again, in verse 25. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly so you can imagine Jesus recounting this psalm. He comes to the praise part of this psalm. He says, Father, I will declare your name to my brethren. He's looking through time. And everyone who's going to be born again into the family of God and be ushered in as sons and daughters. And he says, I will declare your name to my brethren. And in the midst of the great assembly, I will declare your praise. The writer of Hebrews is saying, in Hebrews 2, says Jesus fulfilled these words. I know the New Testament doesn't, the gospel accounts don't tell us this. But I think, or I should say I believe, based on Psalm 22 that Jesus would have praised the Father hanging on the cross. He would have said, but you are holy. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he would have said, verse two, you are holy and thrown on the praises. I will declare your name to my brethren looking ahead beyond the cross looking ahead beyond the cross he would have said to the father father in the midst of the assembly I am going to declare your praise lastly and so sorry before I go to the last point so while he was hanging on the cross as he Praise the Father. There is this final note of victory. Jesus said, it is finished. And it's not saying, this is the end. I give up. No, <laughs> that it is finished is a shout of triumph. It's a shout of a warrior who has completed his mission, who has accomplished his conquest and who is exclaiming victory, shouting out victory? It is finished. And so, lastly, number seven. There's a declaration of triumph in the Psalm, verses 27 to 31. Now, can you imagine Jesus going through these verses of Psalm 22? The psalm ends, and worship team, please come. The psalm ends with the announcement that all the ends, this is Psalm 22, verses 27 to 31, the ends of the earth will remember, the families of the nations will worship, the kingdom of God will rule over the nations. Generations to come will recount what has happened, and they will rejoice that he has done this. So can you imagine Jesus going through this part of the psalm? Lord, nations will come and worship you. Father, your kingdom will rule over the nations of the earth. Generations that will be born will Be glad that you have done this. And then Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Amen. Psalm 22. Just to review. We see in this psalm There is a sense of abandonment. He faced ridicule by scoffers and mockers. He was crucified by vicious and violent opponents. But in all of that, there was reliance on God. There was a declaration of God's deliverance. There was praise in the midst of it. And there was a shout or a declaration of triumph. David went through it personally. It was a prophetic word about Jesus and Jesus fulfilled it. And it's a psalm for you and me to read to encourage our hearts. If you and I are are going through a season where we feel I'm abandoned I'm ridiculed perhaps even crucified put to shame what do you do? Do what Jesus did rely on God declare his deliverance. Keep praising Him in the midst of it. Keep praising Him because He is holy. You will have your declaration of triumph. You will have your shout of victory. You will have your song to sing. Amen. As we remain seated, before we get up to just sing together, I want to give an invitation. This morning, understand that everything Jesus did on the cross, he did so that you and I could be forgiven and brought into a relationship with God. And I believe that while we were listening or in worship or in listening to the word, the Holy Spirit does what words cannot do. He speaks to your heart. And you know where you are with God today. And God knows where you are today. And what God longs for is that wonderful relationship with you and me. As even though we are the ones who nailed him to the cross, even though we are the ones who mocked him, he looks back and says, Father, forgive. Or he extends forgiveness, mercy, and grace. And today, as you're seated here this afternoon, I want to invite you, anyone here, anyone watching online, if you feel your life is not right with God, just takes a simple prayer and say Lord I want to be right with you I have sinned but I believe Jesus paid for my sins so that I can come and become right with you I want you to pray a simple prayer from your own heart could we all please close our eyes just bow our heads right where you are Those of you watching online, just please join us in prayer. This very moment, this very moment, if you feel in your heart that you're not in the place where you should be with God, I want you to know that the God of heaven loves you. It's okay, whatever has happened, has happened We nailed him to the cross. We mocked at him, we laughed at him, we crucified him. And yet he says, "I want you. I want you, as my son, as my daughter." And this afternoon, he's not asking you for your money. He's not asking you for whatever you can bring. He's asking you for your heart. He's asking you for you because he loves you. And if you want to get right with God, just pray in your own heart. He understands your language. He understands your words. Could he just pray and say, Lord, I want to get right with you. I want to walk with you. I want to live for you. Forgive my sins. If you've never prayed a prayer like this, and I will lead you in this prayer, just say this with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God help me to follow you the rest of my life I pray this in Jesus name Amen Amen Is there anyone here? Two things maybe you prayed this prayer for the very first time You never did this before, never done this before, and you prayed this prayer for the very very first time. Or secondly, you came in knowing I'm not in the place where I should be with God, but you prayed your own prayer and you got yourself right with God. Could you raise your hand, anyone? does not embarrass you. We want to just celebrate with you. Either of these two things. Just raise your hand. Just slip your hand up. Nobody else will see. I'll see it. Just slip your hand up. I want to see then you prayed this prayer to receive Christ today. I see one hand, I see two. Uh, or you prayed this prayer and just got yourself right with God. Just raise your hand. Anyone? Do we see mm-hmm. Let's clap our hands. I, I got okay. Our users will come and give you our packets. If you haven't received that, just raise your hand. Just wave your hand. We just want to make sure that everyone has received this. Okay, okay, okay. God bless you. God bless you. Let's rise to our feet, please. Aren't you glad it's not a five-hour service? I know I spoke a little slower than usual. I was trying to stretch it for five hours. No. <laughs> it's okay. I know that thought went through your mind. <laughs> He's trying to... <laughs> no, I was just joking. So remember, even when it feels like God has forsaken you, look at Psalm 22. Jesus went through it. Every phase, every step of it. You continue to rely on God. Declare His deliverance. Keep praising Him. He never ceases to be worthy to be praised. And your triumph, your victory, will come through. Amen? Let's just worship together. The worship team will lead us. I want you to just take this time, just whatever God is doing in your heart, respond to him. However you want to worship, worship. And then we are going to close.
1: us into glorious light. Right.
0: Thank, you, thank you, Thank you. And Father, we just thank you for the cross. And Father, we thank you for what the Lord Jesus has done for us on the cross. And we thank you, God, that even as we journey through life, we can walk not only by the example that he set for us, we can walk in all that he obtained for us through the cross and father in the name of our lord jesus christ i just pray over each one declaring proclaiming the finished work of the cross i declare over each one here, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, even those who are watching online, I declare that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, has cleansed us, that by His stripes we have been healed. And I declare that the punishment He bore has brought shalom to us. I declare in the name of Jesus that the finished work of Christ on the cross brings shalom, peace, and total well-being into your life. And may your life, let your life be filled with shalom because the punishment, the chastisement for our shalom was upon him. May your world be filled with shalom. And in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I take authority over every evil work of the enemy. The Bible says that on the cross, Jesus triumphed. He disarmed the principalities and powers. And through his death, he destroyed the one who had the power of death, that is the devil. And so in Jesus' name. And by the power of that cross, I declare every work of the enemy broken and destroyed, every tormenting oppression, every spirit of fear, every spirit of infirmity. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over every work of the enemy And declare it broken. We declare people free. Because on the cross, Jesus disarmed every principality, every power. And he crushed the head of the enemy. And so Satan, in the name of Jesus, I announce to you, your works are broken. And God's people are free. God's people are blessed. I declare over God's people that Christ became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, that we might enjoy the promise of the Spirit through faith. So I declare the blessing of Abraham, that friendship with God, that blessing on everything you put your hands to, the blessing of Abraham over your life because Christ became a curse and he redeemed us from the curse of the law. I declare over your life that you are blessed by God, that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing, that you are blessed coming in and you're blessed going out, that you're blessed in all that you set your hands to, that your home is blessed You're blessed in your workplace. And the Lord makes you the head and not the tail. He sets you above and not beneath. This is your blessing. I declare the blessing of God over you that any enemy that comes against you one way will flee before you seven ways. That any enemy who seeks to harm you and hurt you or your family or your house or your children will be scattered because Christ has given us the victory. And you are blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. You are blessed by the maker of heaven and earth. You are blessed. You are a covenant son, a covenant daughter of God. God will never forsake you. God will never leave you. Because his covenant, he will not break. He will not alter the thing that has gone out of his lips. He is more committed to you than you can imagine. The word that he has covenanted to you, He is watching to fulfill. And he will fulfill. Father, we thank you. We thank you, and we praise you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church
1: Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.